I'm going to invite you, uh, everybody, to turn to the 27th Psalm, where we see that waiting, that long-suffering, that patience that we need to have on the Lord is when we will walk and live in his strength. Waiting, it is not a good thing. Patience, it's a hard thing. But yet that's what God's called us to, to wait upon him and watch with excitement the great and mighty things he yearns to do in us and through us for his glory. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we look into this beautiful psalm tonight, we're just asking for your hand of blessing in it. We're asking that you would be high and lifted up, that you would be glorified in it, that your spirit would work in our hearts and minds. Father, doing a live stream service, Lord, we have to, uh, as pastors, trust your spirit, your word, your living word more than ever. We cannot see eyes to connect with. We cannot tell body language. So, Father, we leave that all in your hands, asking that you'd grip the hearts of those who are watching tonight. And, Lord, that all of us would be challenged and encouraged as to what it means to truly wait upon the Lord, what it truly means to live in your strength. So, Father, we ask your hand a blessing on tonight that you would grow us, uh, that you would certainly meet every need in our hearts and lives. And, Lord, I know many people out there are hurting in so many different ways, battling this particular disease as well as other diseases, um, you know, going through and suffering through relationship breaks. And, Lord, we just ask that you would lift them up, that you would be their source of encouragement tonight, that you would sustain each and every one of us for your glory and your glory alone. Thank you again for all that you've given us in Christ our Lord, in whose name I pray. Amen. You know, as we look at the 27th Psalm, one of the things that uh, comes vividly to my mind is that patient endurance. Patient endurance. It's something that's referred to in Hebrews chapter 12. You know, let us run the race with endurance. God has called all of us as his, as his body, as his family, as his children to run this race with endurance, to truly live and be alive in his strength, living within it during these times. Because he still yearns to reveal himself uh, to us and through us to a, uh, a lost and dying world. You know, endurance is challenging. I, I'm often mindful of a gal I read about a number of years ago, and her name is Zoe Koplowitz. Uh, that's probably not a name you're familiar with. You can Google her uh, and find her. But Zoe was a gal who was stricken with MS at an early age. And she lived in New York City, and uh, uh, she joined the Olympus Club because she learned that doing exercise would stave off the results of what was happening to her body by, this, by that disease. And uh, as she worked out at the club, the club began encouraging her to enter the New York City Marathon. And she thought at first, really? No way. 
and, but she eventually did. And what they do at the uh, New York City Marathon and most of the major marathons is that they allow the handicap or those who are struggling to start out about three hours earlier than everybody else. And they are instructed that by a motorcyclist and whistles that when the leaders are coming, they must get off the side of the path and allow the regular runners, who will catch up with them, to pass. And so Zoe goes ahead and runs the race. And she is determined, as determined can be, to finish the race. And soon she was pressing a dozen hours, 12 hours, and then 13, 14. And she continued on in that first race, and it took her a little over 20 hours to accomplish the race. And the New York City Marathon, as you come around the last bend, it's an uphill run to the finish line. And so as she came up looking for the finish line, by the time she got up there to look, Everybody was gone. There was nobody waiting there for her, nothing. But yet she continued on until she got to the end. At her workplace, people had mocked her, telling her that she would never finish. And she did finish. And so she was determined to get up early in the morning, catch her cab, and go to work. And she did. She got up early, and she had to use her crutches to get to the to the cab and she jumped into the cab and she's sitting there and and going and told the gentleman where to take her the cabbie where to take her and the cabbie goes hey you you you're that lady Zoe goes what lady and she, he goes the one who won the marathon yesterday now Zoe not knowing what he was talking about said oh no she's my sister we just look alike Well, little did she know that when she heard that the leaders were coming this one time and stood on the curb and began clapping for the leaders to go by, Greta Vates ran in front of her. And right then, the New York Post took the picture because they were sure Greta Vates would win the New York City Marathon again. And so there on the front of the New York Post was a picture of Greta Vates running in front of Zoe Koplowitz. Over 20 hours. Zoe stuck it out that night, and they had a celebration at the Olympus Club for her finishing the race. And when you know the Olympus Club had arranged for Greta Vates to sit next to her at this banquet, and Zoe was just so overwhelmed, wonderfully overwhelmed. And the two of these ladies got talking to each other, And Greta marveled at her determination, her willing to endure the pain and everything to finish the race. And she was appalled to think that nobody was there when she crossed the line. Well, that Hebrews 12 says, run the race with endurance knowing that the Lord is at the finish line for us. We're walking through a trial. It is difficult. So living in the strength of God is what we need to be doing. And Psalm 27 captures how to live that enduring and walk in his strength, the race that is set before us. 
follow along with me as we first look at David's faith revealed, his faith revealed. Notice what he says in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Three very powerful things he says right out of the gate concerning his faith. He realizes that it's the Lord that lights his path. He is his light. He is the way that he is going to get. We know in Psalm 119, God's word is a light unto our path. And we know the two go hand in hand. Our faith, the power of the Holy Spirit, and his word. Through his living word, then we have the strength to persevere, to make it through. The Lord lights our path. You know, the days seem really gray at times. It wasn't today beautiful, though. It was just a gorgeous day. And out east, the wind wasn't blowing, which made it even greater. Uh, It was a beautiful day. But, (laughs) you know, if we're locked inside, uh, it can seem like a gray day all the time. And I want to remind you, it is the Lord who will light your path. He is your salvation. He is my salvation. Uh, Jesus Christ provided everything for me to be able to have this beautiful personal relationship with God. And the same with you. And we can walk in that, understanding we are his children and rejoicing in the fact that we are his children. He provided it all for us so that this relationship with the holy creator of the universe, with whom nothing is impossible, we can celebrate. We can endure anything in his strength. And over the 30 plus years that I've been in the pastorate, a lot of people that I've ministered to have endured endured a lot of heartache and a lot of difficulties. But to watch them endure in God's grace and mercy has been so beautiful. Such a glowing testimony of their faith. Faith is revealed in your life and my life when he lights our path, when he is our salvation, in that verse ends, with he is our strength. When everything about us reveals that we're walking in his strength and not our own. And then we can say, what are we afraid of? There's absolutely nothing out there that we should be afraid of because he is our God. Now, I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm just talking about a confidence in our great God who is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and walking in that, and walking in that consistently in our lives so that there isn't any fear. Verses two and three goes on to say say this. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise up against me. In this, I will be confident. You know, his confidence is totally in the Lord in the midst of it. Now, his was a physical battle, and I understand that. Ours is something different. As COVID-19 can shake people to their bones. People my age and older, uh, it, it is something to be very, very wary about. And I understand that, but yet all of us need to understand that God is still our strength. He is there for us, and we can have confidence in all that he is. He will not remove his hand of grace and mercy and love from you and I during this time. It is always 
there. And we don't have to fear. I'm reminded of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 16, these thoughts. And we have known and believed the love of God that, that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And so I just remind you that, that God, God is there for us. And we have believed the love of God, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, as Pastor Dan said on Sunday. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Ah, to whosoever believe, ah, have this relationship with him. He loves us that much. He gave a precious gift, his son, for life for you and I. Verse 17, it goes on to say, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Yeah, his love is perfected in us through the power of his spirit, through our the growth in him, growing and maturing in him. His love is perfected in the wonders of salvation. And so we don't have to worry about the judgment day. So we can walk through trials with confidence that our great God is there. Verse 18 is the verse that I really want to highlight. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love so I'm going to ask you what is your confidence in how is your faith being revealed during these days is the Lord still your light is he still guiding your path and are you still looking for him each day to guide you are you walking in the strength of your salvation, your identity as a child of God? Are you walking in his strength? Is your confidence totally and completely in him as he works out his will through this COVID-19? Verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. That's true. That's so true. And David really exemplifies that here in this psalm. That he is walking in the love of God. He has no fear because of the love of God that the love of God has for him. It's a true confidence. So who or what is your confidence? What does your faith reveal during this day? Let it, and all of us, the whole church, let it reveal that we're waiting on the Lord. And we're living in his strength. The second thing that he shares with us here is the fact that his desires are revealed. All of us have a desire. Stop it. Open it up. Get us out of the house. Let us get to greet one another. Let us have time to assemble. We want these things and we yearn for these things in a safe and wonderful way. Give us the old days we probably were saying of seven weeks ago. But notice how David's desires are revealed. Verse 4 says this. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. 
So he's talking about dwelling in the house of the Lord here and now in the physical as well as knowing to dwell within it for eternity. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love that? He wants to dwell with the Lord for eternity and dwell in his presence, to be in his presence, to behold him, to inquire of him, to talk about him. You know, you and I can do that in the presence of our homes. Like no other time, we can communicate with others. You might be communicating with others right there uh, on the computer. We have folks that would communicate with you. Uh, you know, share with them that you desire to dwell in his presence. Maybe that's a confusing thought for you, and they will help you and navigate what it means to trust Christ as Savior and to dwell Literally, allow him to be our dwelling place, moment by moment, day by day. That's what he yearns to do, to behold him, to see his beauty, to run up into the book of Revelation and see in chapters uh, 4 and 5, 3, 4, and 5, just the beauty of the Lord and how magnificent he is to be able to truly dwell with him. Verse 5, another desire is to be hidden by the Lord. Verse 5 says, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high on a rock. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that he takes away the trial. It just says he hides us from the dangers of the emotional trauma that it can bring us. He hides us in his strength. He cares for us in a powerful way, in such a way that we can truly, truly walk back in verse 1 in his light to be hidden, to be hidden from the difficulties you know, I've read a couple of things, and being a pastor, I get different things, and, and, and some things are alarming because of the seclusion, because of the emotions running hot within the homes, abuses are up, and we know that, and that pains my heart. I know it pains God's heart. Uh, also, uh, the, the use of pornography has gone through the roof because of this. And I believe that pains God's heart. It pains my heart. And I can't imagine, rather than letting God calm our heart, hide us in his, in him, and shield us so that we can walk forward. Psalm 3.3, David said this, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. He wants to encourage us and lift us up. He wants to hide us there and set us on that high rock. He is the rock. And he yearns for us to be set up on him, having him as our sure foundation during the chaos of this time. Catch verse 6. Another desire or outcome that is revealed in David's heart. 
And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I shall offer, offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Do you see? Because he is walking in the strength of the Lord, he waited upon him. He is celebrating all that God is. He has the joy of the Lord in his heart. And he can walk in that. He can run in that. This desire is revealed where he is sitting. And you and I can have the same thing. We can have those same things. And so the joy of the Lord can be expressed in us and through us, even in the midst of this. You know, going into Walmart. You know, the last time I went into Walmart, uh, the Walmart that I go to uh, up to this point had been about 50-50 as far as masks, no masks. And, and, uh, and I walked in and I was in a hurry. I left my mask in the car. I just had a couple of things to pick up and I realized 95, 85% of the people had masks on, which, uh-oh. And so I knew where the things were that I wanted and so I was making a beeline to get them. I had my little basket in my hand and I'm rushing up an aisle and one of the workers looks at me and says, sir, you're going the wrong way. And I said, no, what I want's right there. <laughs> and he goes, no, all the lanes are one way. And I didn't know that. I hadn't paid any attention in my hurriedness. But yet in the midst of that, I still could be joy-filled filled with the joy of the Lord, the old man, Rich Bailey, would have bitten his head off. <laughs> Rather than just thanking him and telling him it was my own foolishness, I wasn't paying attention, and thanking him for showing me. And I didn't go get it. I went around the block, and I began thanking God that I was going to get my steps in that day, getting everything that I needed. To be able to be joy-filled does not depend so much on our circumstances. It depends completely upon our heart and how it is stayed upon him, how he is our path, how he is our light, how he is our salvation within it. So this reveals David's faith. It reveals his desires he yearns for the joy of the Lord and he is celebrating this because of the victories of the past, because of the victories that he knows are going to happen in the future. David's prayer life is also revealed here. Notice his prayer revealed in verses 7 and following. Look at 7, 8, and 9 with me. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me and answer me. Now, I want to pause there and just for a second and want you to realize that even though he's saved and even though God has brought these great victories, he doesn't stop pleading for those things or crying out for those things that God would constantly deal with him in his mercy. That's not giving us what we deserve as God's mercy, giving us what we don't deserve as God's grace. And I find it interesting here, he is praying for God's mercy. You know, as you go through God's word, as I go through God's word, man, I know I should have been snuffed out a long time ago. But yet it's only by God's grace and mercy that A, I'm still alive, and B, that I can have the joyous responsibility of representing him as his child here in this life. He's yearning for it. He desires it. Know how it. See how it builds. Verse 8 says, And when you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, will I seek. 
Man, there he goes again, wanting the presence of God. In the midst of this time, when we have a little bit more downtime, this alone time, not consumed by the hustle and bustle of work and schedules and things like that, you and I have time to seek his face, to look for him, to want to celebrate him in life. And we see David doing that. Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. He's yearning for his mercy. He's yearning for his continual presence. And we know God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Never, ever, even in the loneliness at home, he will not leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave me or forsake me. We have to run from his presence. And he just call out for it. He will meet us within that. He will wrap his loving arms around us. He will encourage us. He will embrace us. You know, I know that the children's ministry here is, is going to go through the Lord's teaching on prayer. How have you been praying? Are you still pleading for his mercy, his presence all the time? You know, as the Lord reminded us and taught us how to pray, he, he shared this. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. <laughs> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Honoring God in every fiber of his being is where we start in prayer and then earnestly wanting to do what he wants us to do here. Your will be done here in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the calamity, still doing the will of the Lord. It goes on to say this, give us this day our daily bread. Please provide our needs. You know, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, then the biggie, do not lead us in temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Ah, don't let us cave to the consuming power of our emotions and our thinking that People have abandoned us. God hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned me. He is there for us. David knew he was there. He prayed earnestly. He wanted God's mercy consistently. He knew he didn't deserve it. He yearned for God's presence consistently in his life. It goes on to say, and uh, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He's still sitting on the throne. He is still king of kings and lord of lords, and that's not going to change. You know, the day when we meet him face to face is going to be awe. It will be filled with awe. David, you know, as he was living in the strength of God, yet he was waiting on the Lord to walk in that strength. You and I have to wait on the Lord. And as we're waiting, our faith will be revealed, our desires will be revealed, and our prayer life will be revealed. I pray that you're praying, seeking God's face consistently, more than ever before. And I know that my God is going to be there for you. He will be there to massage your heart, to calm your emotions, 
as you trust in the power of his spirit, he will comfort you. He is the God of all comfort. He is the Father of all mercy. He yearns to be there for us, and he will be. Our prayer lives need to reveal that. So, I hope you're not praying just for it to end. I hope you're praying to grow in God's grace and be built up in him, to have a better understanding of his presence, to have a better understanding of his mercy, to truly enjoy his grace and his love, to be able to be steadfast within that, totally unmoved within it, walking in his strength. Our faith will be revealed. Our desires will be revealed. Our prayer life will be revealed. And last but not least, the thing that we struggle with, our patience will be revealed. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the smooth path because of my enemies. All right. Is that something you're yearning for? Are you teachable in the moment? If you and I are going to have patience in God, we have to be constantly teachable by the power of his living word and his spirit and allow our life to be changed as he molds us, as he is the potter and we are the clay, as he molds us. Are you still, still teachable? And are you putting yourself in a place where you can be taught? You know, have you joined a Zoom study? Uh, Diane, my wife, has just gone, gone wonders because LifeWay gave away 10, 12 uh, studies free for during this time. Man, she got them all. She downloaded them all. And so she's doing all these different studies as well as Zooming. And, and, and she's just loving it. And some days she puts me a little bit to shame. But that's being teachable, moldable. That's having a zeal for the things of God. That's having a hunger and thirst in our soul for all that he is. And that's where we should be in the midst of this. Still teachable, still pursuing him, wanting to know him better. Why? Because the enemy is ever present. (laughs) And he wants to defeat us in the midst of this staying at home or safer at home thing. Verse 12 goes on to say, not only be teachable, but... Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. The false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out violence. Ah, remember? Deliver us from the evil one. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He wants us to live a pure, dedicated, holy life, totally trusting him and his strength knowing he will deliver us from that. We don't have to cave to temptations. We can truly walk with him with joy and celebrate him in this life and get excited about who he is. So if we're going to have patience really revealed in our lives, we have to walk with him in a holy manner. You know, Peter told him, be holy for I am holy. God has told us this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. That is what you and I have to be doing, living for him. Put off the old man, put on the new man, walking with him, walking in his strength. You know, 
Don't lead us into temptation. And you know what? God never will. He never will. We cave to our own lusts, our own selfishness, rather than pursuing him. Patience is revealed. Look at verse 13. It says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. (laughs) You know, I, I think there are times where even the body of Christ says that we won't see any good thing happen. And I want you to know, God's still in the business of doing good things, even in the midst of our circumstances right now. In us, through us, he's doing those things and we can see the goodness of the Lord. I, I have heard and bear witness of people who have, who have made remarkable decisions for God during this time. People who have trusted Christ as Savior. People who said, I am tired of walking in my own strength and my own lust. And they're walking now with God. They're putting off and putting on the new man, being that new creation that God so wondrously enjoys them to be. The goodness of the Lord, Billy, coming up and singing. You know, he's been put to work during this time, opening up all these times in prayer, he and Jay and others, uh, you know, but he's been put to the test and he does it with a vibrant heart, a wonderful heart. That's the goodness of the Lord. You know, live streaming is different for us as pastors because I can't see your eyes. I can't see your body language, so to speak. I have no idea if I'm connecting. But what I can do is trust the Spirit of God and the living Word of God and that God is doing His thing in the midst of all of this. The goodness of the Lord. Being able to help people out in the midst of their need. Your giving has been awesome. The room that we have with, with foodstuffs and things like that to be able to give to people in need, it's, it's overwhelming. It's such a blessing here and in Ellicott. Such a blessing. And it's because you respond to the call of God in your heart and your generosity and you give. You are trusting him within it. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's still happening, folks. God's still alive and well. He's vibrantly working in people's lives. And we can celebrate that. Then we get to the real challenge of verse 14. Notice what it says. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Our patience will be revealed. We will have a different and new courageous boldness and courage as the result of this. I'm confident of that. When we come together, yes, it will be a celebration. But I'm confident that when we get released and we are able to mingle more In society, I think we're going to have, and I'm confident we're going to have a greater boldness to share the things of the Lord, to be able to encourage him in all that he does. 
to be able to be encouraged by him in everything that we do. Waiting. Waiting is not fun. Waiting can be a big challenge, but yet he can strengthen us. He yearns to use us. So, are you being teachable? Are you being pure in your walk with him, holy in your walk with him? Are you truly trusting him like never before? Turn, if you would, to a favorite passage of mine in Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. Even in the midst of the safer at home environment, this should be our heart cry as our faith is revealed, our desires are revealed, our prayer life is revealed, and patience is revealed. Notice what it says in Second Peter chapter 1. And notice what it says in verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and, the, and Jesus Christ our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. <laughs> the coronavirus has caught us off guard, but it did not catch God off guard. And he yearns, and he has given us everything that we need to live life in godliness, to pursue him in this life. And this, this psalm captures all of that. He has called us by his glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises and through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We are his children. He is our salvation. And he gives us wonderful promises. Christ told the disciples, my joy I leave unto you. I give it unto you. It is a grace gift. You and I can walk in the joy of the Lord. We can walk knowing full well that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We can walk knowing that he will hear our prayers. He will hear the desires of our heart that conform to who he is. Our faith will be revealed. So where are you in the midst of all of this? How, what are you doing with this time? Is it consuming you? Is it eating you up? Is it defeating you? Or is it something that is going to lead to victory? The next year, Zoe Koplowitz decided to run the New York City Marathon again. This time she had fibroid tumors pushing on her spine. But she decided to run it again. She had to stop more often because of the pain. Therefore, she took longer to get to the finish line. 
This time, because Zoe Koplowitz knew that, she, I mean, because Greta Vates knew that she was running, she had determined in her heart after she had finished her race that she would wait at the finish line for Zoe to finish. Greta won again. Greta won nine out of 11 New York City marathons, for those of you who didn't know that. And she came out at about the 20-hour mark, that the time it took Zoe uh, the year before. And within an hour of her being there, the people that were handing out the medallions for finishing the race left. And she said, you can't go. I know there's somebody still on the course. And they said, we're out of medallions. We can't, we can't, we don't, we're not going to stay. Greta's husband had run in the, with the men. And so she runs back to her uh, room, wakes her husband up, brings him out. And together they waited for Zoe to come up over that ridge. They had their own little ribbon. And Greta made her husband give, give her medallion, his medallion to Zoe, so she would have a medallion of accomplishment. You know, running the race with endurance. Listen again to what the author of Hebrews chapter 12 declared. I want to read it so that we get it completely. Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the race with endurance that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the chain, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Don't let this defeat you. Let it build you. Let God's Spirit build you and meet every need. It starts by trusting Him as Christ as your personal Savior, and it goes on living in the power of His Spirit and the power of His living Word. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we just thank you so much for this psalm. As David revealed his heart to us through the power of your Holy Spirit and how he was living life, Lord, you not only met his needs, but you strengthened him. You gave him a confidence that came only from you. You gave him a joy that was supernatural in the midst of everything. And it was because he walked in your light. He remained teachable, moldable, <laughs> because he trusted you to care for his every need. How can we do any less in this day and age? So I ask that you would meet every need of every person there watching online and that you would be their sufficiency. We will sure be sure to give you the thanks and the glory for it all. Amen.